podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. It's game week 21 and this is a match day recap where we look at all the top point scorers and key talking points from the weekend's games and how that might affect our transfer plans going forward. So we're going to start with Everton 1, Arsenal 0 and I said that this was going to be a game that troubled Arsenal and Sean Dyche in charge for his first game saw Everton get a 1-0 win with James Tarkowski getting a star man and 18 points. He scored a goal that was assisted by McNeil, so uh, an ex-Burnley link up there as well. And yeah, just all round it is quite disappointing from Arsenal. So you only had uh, Bakayo Saka getting the three points for a rating and also Thomas Partey um, hitting that seven, so getting three points as well. But for Everton, there was a ton of ratings and they played really, really well. Um, And I'm not having it, to be honest, that... This Sean Dyche defensive stuff, yes, he's a defensive manager, but they were by far the better team. They created a lot of chances as well. They didn't just park the bus like everyone makes out. Um, I saw people describing it as terrorist football and Brexit ball and all sorts of uh, degrading stuff about the way that Sean Dyche plays. But he's come in there and he's got a win against a team that's top of the league and you can't really take anything away from them. They were really good. Um, so, yeah, the goal from Turkowski, assist points from McNeil, and their ratings were pretty much the whole defence apart from Mikalenko, and then you had Awobi, McNeil, and Anana as well getting the rating points there. Um, from my notes, Jorginho came on in the second half to replace Thomas Partey. Um, I don't think Thomas Partey had trained midweek, so I think that probably was just uh, to just to rest him and keep him fit, um, but didn't really see too much from Jorginho in that game. Um, Eddie Nketiah had a really good chance to put one away, but skied it over the bar. Um, Erdegaard was pretty much nullified, really. Um, you had the Kure, Adrissa Adri- Gay, and um, Onana running that midfield, and really they were man marking Erdegaard, and he didn't really have that much involvement. He had one chance where he could have um, the ball was squared, squared across to him, but he skied that one as well. So all round, it was a bad day at the office for Arsenal. Uh, but Everton really did look solid and I'd be quite confident they're going to stay up now with Sean Dice in charge. I've got the fixtures down the bottom here on the right hand side if you're watching on YouTube. So Arsenal still got five fixtures left this month. They've got Brentford in the next game. They've got Man City, Aston Villa, Leicester and then Everton again at the end of the month. So five fixtures left for them. And then Everton have got four games. They've got Liverpool in the Merseyside derby. They've got Leeds at home, Villa at home, and then of course Arsenal again at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see when these two face off again at the end of, um, sorry, not the season, end of the month, how, how Arsenal might change the game plan um, to try and beat Everton, which is going to be a tough game and an interesting one to watch, but Arsenal still should be the favourites at home. With Arsenal, I wouldn't be too concerned about them losing this game. It did just seem like a bad day at the office. But the only thing I would be a little bit concerned with is will other teams use this as a blueprint to beat Arsenal? Uh, we saw Newcastle do it to frustrate Arsenal with that nil-nil um, a bit earlier on in the season. And it, it pretty much came from the defenders sort of doubling up on Saka and Martinelli. To do that, that pretty much nullified Arsenal. And I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see Brentford do a similar thing. They're quite solid at the back. Um, Everton pretty much had the back four and then sort of three sort of defensive centre midfielders. So, yeah, that could be a sort of a blueprint to frustrate Arsenal in these uh, against some of the lower teams in the league. Then we had Man United 2, Crystal Palace 1. And this is one where a lot of people were hoping for the clean sheet points from Man United. And it was looking so, so good um, until Casemiro got himself sent off. And it was after that that Crystal Palace got that one goal and that clean sheet wipeout. But it's 
The star man in this one was Bruno Fernandes. He got 13 points and he scored a penalty, which was quite surprising because we had Rashford take the last penalty. So personally, I thought that Marcus Rashford was going to step up and take that one. Um, I've got Bruno Fernandes in my team anyway, so it, it didn't bother me that way. Um, but you'd be quite gutted if you didn't have Bruno Fernandes. Maybe you took him out because he wasn't taking the penalties. Um, so I expect to see probably Bruno back on penalties going forward. And then you had Rashford who scored as well. Um, and this was really frustrating because Rashford had a lovely cross put in from Luke Shaw and Luke Shaw got the assist taken away. Um, he had the assist points initially when I was watching on the match centre um, and he was getting a rating as well. But even, even when Crystal Palace scored, he was still getting that rating. But when they took the assist away, his rating dropped down to a 6.6. .6. So I think you could feel really hard done by if you had Luke Shaw that you've come away with no points in this, even though they did concede. It was Schlupp who got the goal for Crystal Palace. So the goal scores for Bruno, Rashford and Schlupp. And the assist with the Kure, And then the non-assist for Luke Shaw, which was quite annoying. Uh, ratings though, there wasn't actually very many ratings from this game, which was surprising. So you had Bruno, Rashford and Schlupp with the ratings in this game. And no other players. So just the three. Um, Casemiro's red card, he's going to have a free match ban now. So that's going to be... Um, I'm filming this on Wednesday, by the way. So this is going to be the Leeds game tonight. The second Leeds game and Leicester that Casemiro misses. Um, Redhorst, he got another blank. Um, and yeah, just frustrating really for the, the back line of uh, Manchester United. The points were looking quite good. Uh, if you have got the Man United block or majority of Man United players because they are playing a lot of fixtures, you probably were looking at this game early thinking, yeah, you're going to come away with quite a good amount of points. But it wasn't to be. Uh, but hopefully they can pick them up with these extra fixtures. Um, I put in the notes, is Bruno back on pens uh, permanently? I think that he probably will be now. Um, and one other thing I put in my notes as well is that Bruno Fernandes now is only two points behind Kevin De Bruyne overall. So Kevin De Bruyne has really slowed down with his points um, and he did again this week. And Bruno Fernandes has been in really good form at the minute. So if you are trying to decide best midfielders, Bruno Fernandes definitely is one of the guys in form. Um, and then Rashford as well. So obviously he scored again in this game. And I had a look back to see what was Rashford's best season in Dream Team. And in the 1920 season, Rashford got 22 goals, 9 assists and 226 points. Um, he's already on 19 goals and 7 assists. So I'm pretty certain that he's going to beat that. He's on 190 points as well. So yeah, 22 nine assists and 226 points i think he should be able to beat that this season if he carries on his current form and doesn't get injured and the remaining fixtures for these two teams um so manchester united they've still got seven fixtures to play that does include tonight's game against leeds they've got leeds at home then they've got leeds away then they've got the champions league game starting so they've got barcelona away leicester at home barcelona at home Newcastle and West Ham so seven fixtures and they are a real good run of fixtures to be honest apart from Barcelona um, I'm not too concerned that they didn't get the clean sheet in this game I think they were quite unlucky um, but if they come through these sort of two games against Leeds and don't get any clean sheets I might start to worry then but I do expect that they will start getting these clean sheet points one thing to be a little bit concerned about as well um, there's nothing official at this point yet but the rumours are starting to come out on Twitter now that Delo is going to be starting. And I even did see that Wan-Bissaka might not be in the squad. So that's not confirmed, but it will be a little bit concerning. We knew that Delo was on the bench for this game, uh, but he didn't come on. 
I'm not too worried that Deloney's starting games. It might see that I move on Wambasaka, but I will be worried if Wambasaka is on the be- isn't on the bench at all, because um, I'd hope he would maybe come on for the last few minutes and get those clean sheet points. Crystal Palace just have the three games left this month. You wouldn't be bringing in any of those players, or I'd be surprised if you had them in your team with those fixtures. But they've got Brighton, Brentford, and then Liverpool. Then we had Spurs 1-0 win against Man City, and this was quite a surprising one really. Spurs do have a really good record against Man City, to be honest, at home. Um, but yeah, this has done Arsenal a real big favour, to be honest. Um, so Man City had a chance to maybe close the gap, but it wasn't to be. Um, Harry Kane got the only goal. He got an eight, um, he got eight points and a 7.5 rating, but it was Hoiberg that got the star man again. And he's been a really good performer this season. So 10 points for him. He got the assist for the Kane goal, and he's on five goals, five assists so far. Uh, three star man awards, and the massive 17 ratings. So, again, a really good season for Hoiberg. So, Harry Kane got the goal. He's on 19 for the season now. Nothing again for Son. He's been a little bit disappointing this season. But all round, a pretty good showing from uh, from Tottenham. One of the bits of Tottenham news as well is that Hugo Lloris is now out injured. So, we're going to see Fraser Forster. Um, playing in goal but he isn't currently on dream team so we'll be waiting to see uh, what price they put him at it might be a bit of a budget pick but it isn't someone that I'm going to go for to be honest I had Larice earlier in the season and I've been a little bit scarred from having these Spurs defenders ratings were Harry Kane, Hoiberg, Hugo Larice, Eric Dyer, Emerson Royale, Benton Kerr and then only Jack Grealish from Man City and we'll come on to Man City so yeah they were really quite poor in this game and it was surprising to see um, Pep seems to be making some really strange decisions at the minute. So the lineup was quite strange initially. So you had Kevin De Bruyne on the bench, um, which is never a great sign. Um, and actually Kyle Walker and uh, Rico Lewis both started when I kind of thought that it would be and uh, Rico Lewis or Kyle Walker fighting out for that right back position. But Rico Lewis seemed like he was sort of playing on that left hand side. Um, you had Ake Akanji also starting and Alvarez started with Haaland so yeah quite a different side De Bruyne did end up coming on he got 6.6 rating which is fairly high considering he came off the bench but no points so he's probably going to go down in price uh, Riyad Mahrez was unlucky he hit the crossbar and come away with no points as well there was no Foden um, he was ill um, so yeah a bit concerning for Manchester City but I think I still would give them a little bit more time before I start taking out their players. They've still got six fixtures this month. Um, the next one's against Aston Villa as well. And as you'll see in a minute, Aston Villa, I think they conceded four goals in their last game. So you definitely wouldn't want to take the Man City players out ahead of that fixture, in my opinion. Um, another thing to mention, so Romero, he got the red card. Uh, he always does look a liability for bookings. I think it was last season that I put Romero on my side. And he just absolutely clatters everyone. Um, proper shithouse player. Uh, he absolutely went through Haaland early on and then just got silly yellow for the second one as well. So, yeah, quite a fun player, but I wouldn't want him in my team for sure. Um, Rico Lewis, if you have got him, I've got him in one of my teams. You were quite unlucky not to get a rating from him. He got 6.96 rating, so that was very quite close. Um, but, yeah, other than that, just it's just making me wonder whether... Pep's overthinking things or crumbling. You often see him make some weird decisions late on in the stages in the Champions League. We've seen him make a few um, strange selections and he does seem like he's overthinking it. Um, I was listening to the Dream Team Tonic podcast and Ben mentioned this point and I was 
chatting to one of my mates about it as well, they've pretty much got a title-winning defence sitting on the bench at the minute. Um, Kyle Walker obviously played this one, and Edison played this one, but you've got Diaz and Laporte both sitting there on the bench, who are title-winning centre-backs, to be honest. Um, obviously, Cancelo's gone, and he's got uh, two assists in two games now, but they could still line up with Edison, Walker, Laporte, um, Diaz, and then just change the left back. And then they've still got a full strength um, title winning defence there. I think maybe he just needs to go with that um, trusted back line for a few games and stop making so many changes. But yeah, what do we know? We can't question Pep, to be honest, but it doesn't seem to be working at the back at the minute. So the remaining fixtures, Man City have got six games this month left. So they've got Aston Villa at home. Then they face Arsenal away. They've got Forest away. Then they've got those Champions League games. So they've got RB Leipzig, Bournemouth away and Brighton away. So I wouldn't panic too much. Spurs do always, well not always, but they normally do quite well in this fixture when they can um, counter-attack and defend. But Man City, against Aston Villa, they should score goals. That Arsenal one, they did come out quite good against Arsenal in the FA Cup. And then Forest, RB Leipzig, Bournemouth, Brighton. I still don't think I'd panic and remove Man City defenders or midfielders at this point. Then on to Spurs though. So they've got five fixtures left this month. Leicester, AC Milan, West Ham, Chelsea. And it says to be confirmed there, but I think that's now Sheffield United. Yeah, Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Um, so they're pretty good fixtures, fixtures for Spurs at the minute as well. Obviously, they're going to be without Romero. So he'll be suspended. And Conte um, is unavailable. He's ill at the minute as well. So yeah, quite a difficult one to choose from for Spurs you're still not 100% sure which Spurs will turn up they haven't been that consistent but one thing's for sure you you want to have Harry Kane up front for this run of fixtures in my opinion if you're enjoying the video so far please do leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already or if you listen on Spotify or other podcast platforms please do give us a follow on there as well so moving on to Newcastle versus West Ham, and this one finished one all, and the star man went to Dan Byrne, so he got eight points and a 7.35 rating. Um, no clean sheet for Newcastle in this one, but Dan Byrne getting the star man would have been quite frustrating if you decided to move him on for a Man United defender, for example. Um, so he got star man. You had Kieran Trippier that got three points. He got the 7.1 rating, and even Botman still got a rating in this game, so... Quite a lot of ratings for the Newcastle defence, considering they didn't get a clean sheet. Um, the goal scorers were Wilson and Paqueta. Um, that was only Wilson's seventh goal of the season, which I thought was pretty low, actually. But he has been uh, fairly injury prone throughout. Um, Paqueta, he's got two goals and three assists now for the season. That was a pretty good goal. And a surprising, uh, surprising somersault. I was watching the highlights and I didn't expect him to be going for a celebration like that. Um, but yeah, I expected from Paqueta that he probably would have had more attacking returns so far this season. But West Ham have struggled all in all. Um, Longstaff got an assist and he actually scored two goals in the previous game also. So he's having a bit of a streak at the minute, but I probably wouldn't read too much into that one. Um, so ratings, Burn Trippier, Botman, Longstaff and Wilson. And for West Ham, Emerson Royale was quite close to getting the star man actually. So he got 7.31 one 
and you had Dan Byrne who got 7.35. So I think Emerson's been playing pretty well lately, so he could be someone to keep an eye on potentially a little bit later, but I think you will want to be going with those sort of Champions League sides and the stronger sides because West Ham have been struggling a little bit. Some other notes that I took from the game is just that Willock, um, he did score, but that was disallowed. Um, it had gone out of play before the cross come in. Um, and there's another Almoron blank. Um, I've moved off of him, um, but I know a lot of people still have got him on their team and he really has gone off the boil now. So I probably would move off of uh, Almoron at this point. You did have Anthony Gordon that came on um, at the 70th minute as well. So he'd be playing off the left, I think it was, with St. Maximan um, subbing off for him. Um, and then Trippi, I just, I've just mentioned that Kieran Trippi was still right up there, even though they conceded the one goal. Um, he didn't get the star man in this game, but I look at a few other formats um, like uh, Footmob and SofaScore, and he was the highest rating player on those um, platforms. I know Dream Team's done by who scored, but it just goes to show he's still doing all the right things when it comes to getting ratings. So I think I still will be sticking with Trippier, even with Newcastle having a few less fixtures. And then mentioning those fixtures, so Newcastle actually only have got the three games left here this month. And so it's Bournemouth away, Liverpool at home, and then that cup game against Man United. So it's down here as an away game, but obviously that one's at Wembley. So three fixtures, um, but Bournemouth's the only real one that looks like it could be an easy fixture. Bournemouth haven't been that great lately, but then Liverpool, well, Liverpool haven't been great lately either, to be honest, but they face Liverpool at home and Man United in the final I don't know how confident I'd be about the clean sheets against Liverpool and Man United, but I think they'll probably do pretty well against Bournemouth. West Ham have got an extra game over Newcastle, actually, at the minute. So they, place, uh, they face Chelsea at home, Tottenham away, Forest at home, and Man United away. So they are actually four tough fixtures at the minute. I'm going to say Forest is a tough fixture because they're having a real good time at the minute. So four quite tough fixtures for West Ham. So probably not going to be bringing in any players from them. Then on to Villa versus Leicester, which finished 4-2 uh, to Leicester. Um, loads of goals in this game. So the star man went to Iniacho, 17 points. He got a goal and two assists. Um, so a really great game from him. 17 points is massive. Uh, 8.3 rating. The goals were Iniacho, Tete, Madison and Pratt. And Watkins got the other one. And Aston Villa's other goal was a Sutar own goal. Um, so disappointing start to his uh, Leicester career for the big fella, but I'm sure he'll do well. Um, ratings were Iniacho, Madison, Barnes and Tielemans, uh, Valt Face with a rating and Christensen as well, which was quite surprising considering they conceded two. Um, but yeah, fairly good result for them. Uh, Ollie Watkins, he was the only player to get a rating for Aston Villa. Um, a couple of notes that I took down was uh, Tete at 2 million. He was playing off the right, um, got an 8.16 rating. So he looked pretty good. Um, in another game, 8.16 is a pretty high rating you could usually get star man for that to be honest so yeah one to keep an eye on on the right wing um castane unlucky he got 6.97 as well so yeah leicester performing pretty well in defense with the ratings considering they did concede two goals um james madison as well so he's now on eight goals and four assists but it's a really tough run for leicester coming up so they've got tottenham at home man united away Arsenal at home um, and then Blackburn in the cup so yeah quite a tough run I probably wouldn't be going near them either Aston Villa as well they've got just the three fixtures so you wouldn't want to go near them um, they face Man City away Arsenal at home and then big Sean Dyche's Everton away from home as well so that's going to be a tough run for Villa and Leicester then we had Brighton versus Bournemouth which finished 1-0 to Brighton and a frustrating one for me 
Matoma with the star man and another goal, a real late goal. And he was a player that I took out with one of my last few um, January transfers. Loved him to bits. It's such a great player, but I just had a lot of transfers to burn and I wasn't really sure whether or not he'd keep up the form and whether he'd be worth keeping with the less fixtures, but how wrong I was. So he got the star man. It's 34 points from his last three games. Um, he's averaging four points per game as well across the season, but most of his points have come um, just before the World Cup and then after the World Cup as well. So it probably would be fair to say that his average points should really be higher but yeah, gutting one for me after taking Matoma out. Um, he's on seven goals and two assists for the season as well. So as you can imagine, I had a few WhatsApp messages uh, tagging me and a few people on Twitter as well, uh, letting me know that Matoma had scored. But I was well aware at the time. Um, and Sarmiento got the uh, assist for that goal. Uh, so ratings was Matoma, Sarmiento. And then for Bournemouth, Neto, Lerma and Zamora got uh, ratings. But... Yeah, Bournemouth have been pretty disappointing. So Brighton have been pretty good from a dream team point of view. It was a rare clean sheet actually for Brighton. So um, they're six unbeaten as well under the Zerbi. So yeah, this is a real good run of form that they've had coming. Um, Bournemouth though, they've lost seven of their last eight. And I'm starting to think that they could be a really good team to target going forward. Uh, they've only scored three in that run of eight games as well. So two of those goals came in the cup. So they really are looking toothless up front. So Newcastle play them in the next game. So you might be feeling quite confident to keep your Newcastle players, especially for this Bournemouth game. Uh, Brighton's fixtures, though, they've only got three left, which is why um, I kind of did want to move on from Atoma. When I was planning it out, I did look at this game, Crystal Palace and Fulham, as games that would be pretty good uh, in terms of fixtures. But in terms of volume, they weren't looking that good. Um, so hopefully the... The players that I could bring in um, will go on to score more points in the long run. But short term, yeah, this was a disappointing one. Then we had Chelsea nil, Fulham nil. Uh, Starman went to Tim Ream, so I don't imagine many people have got him in their team. But he got the 13 points. Obviously no goals and no assists. Uh, but the ratings came for Kepa, Badia Shield, Cucurella, Thiago Silva, Enzo Fernandez on his debut and Gallagher. Um, and then for Fulham it was Ream, Tete, William, who's been really good lately, um, probably wouldn't look out of place in his Chelsea team, to be honest. I wish Arsenal had that same William uh, when we signed him. And then Paulinho as well. Um, so notes for this game. Um, it's three clean sheets in a row now for Chelsea, um, which is kind of funny because you normally get more attention from three clean sheets in a row. But I think it's because they haven't been um, very convincing games. Um, but still, you can't ignore it. Um, but it's hard to choose from these Chelsea defenders, who you might want in your team. Um, Badia Shield's been pretty good, but he's not in the Champions League squad. Um, Kukurela's been okay, but then Chilwell is also back fit now, so there could be rotation there. Thiago Silva's brilliant. His price is just questionable. He's so expensive at the minute at 5.8. Um, if you had him and stuck with him, then fair enough, he'd been okay. But I just think at 5.8 million, there's better options out there. And then I'm starting to look at 
um, Reese James now, who he started this game. He did come off after 60 minutes, though. Um, but I'm starting to wonder whether he could be a good option to put in my team. Uh, he's 5.8, which is expensive, the same price as Thiago Silva. But he's got a lot more upside when it comes to attacking. Um, he gets quite a lot of goals and assists on a, on a usual season. Um, but he just hasn't been able to stay fit. So I'm kind of torn now. Um, they've got a double coming up of West Ham and Borussia Dortmund. I'd like to just wait and see how he gets on in a week where they have two games, whether he just plays one and he's benched for the other, or whether he starts them both but comes off early. I'd like just to see um, how Potter uses him when he's got two games a week and whether he can maintain his fitness, because this run of games for Chelsea does look good. West Ham away, Borussia Dortmund away, which is always a tough game. But then they've got Southampton at home, which Southampton are in a really bad place. And then they've got Tottenham away from home. But these are good fixtures for Chelsea and if they can keep clean sheets that's a bonus but Reese James can get attacking returns as well so it's one just to keep an eye on for me um yeah I will be looking to make a decision quite soon but I am liking the idea of it to be honest um other things from this game though um Mudrick if you took a gamble on him you'd have been quite annoyed um he came off at half time um, I looked into it I was worried whether or not he was injured but it looked like um from the post-match uh, interviews that he had a heavy cold all week so it looked like it was probably just um, trying to shake off an illness and he just couldn't get into the game so maybe not too concerning but I find with this Chelsea team at the minute it's just too hard to choose attackers um, there's so much rotation going on going on and not enough of them are hitting the ground running really so they had Mudrick, Mount and Ziyech all start but come off at separate points in the game. And Havertz was the only player that sort of played the whole game up front. But he just hasn't been prolific. He had a few good chances. But at the moment, midfielders and strikers for me, I would avoid from Chelsea. But the defence is the one that I want to keep my eye on. Kepa's obviously a quite good option. He's been doing well recently. But it's just whether or not I'd like to take a gamble on Reese James. That's the, that's the thing I'm thinking at the minute. Then Brentford won 3-0 at home to Southampton. The star man was Ben Mee. Uh, he grabbed a goal and got the clean sheet points. So 18 points for him. And the other goals were Mbuemo and Jensen. With assists from Rico Henry, Mbuemo and Rissa. Uh, ratings was everyone well, there's a lot from Brentford in this game so it was everyone that got attacking returns then Tony, Raya, Pinnock and Norgard and only Bednarek from Southampton and Southampton have been terrible um, recently and I'm starting to worry about them Nathan Jones gave a really uh, strange interview after the game basically saying he's compromised on the way he used to play and pretty much declaring himself one of the best managers in Europe when he was in charge of Luton which I find quite hilarious but yeah pretty much seemed like he was blaming the fans for trying to convince him to play exciting football so yeah really strange one try and look that one up on Twitter it's a weird interview um, but Southampton have now won one in their last five games um, Ben Mee though he's been pretty good he's got three goals from defence and I had a look um, only Perot um, from Southampton has scored more goals than Ben Mee this season from defence. So Ben Mee's on three and Perot's got four. Um, and he's, Ben Mee's the eighth highest point scoring defender at the minute. Um, only the Newcastle block, Gabriel, Thiago Silva and Cancelo, who's now moved on, are ahead of Ben Mee. So yeah, that's a, quite an interesting one. But both of these teams, I probably wouldn't be choosing them. Southampton are obviously terrible at the minute. They face Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds, and then they have Grimsby in the cup. 
Whereas Brentford only have the two games, which is crazy considering some teams are playing like seven more. Um, they are against Arsenal and Crystal Palace. So I'd be avoiding both of these teams at the minute. Then on to Wolves versus Liverpool, which finished 3-0 to Wolves. And it just keeps getting worse for Liverpool at the minute. Starman was Ruben Neves with 13 points. He grabbed the goal at the end. But the first goal was an own goal from Matip. And Dawson got the other. Um, assists came from Adama and Huang got the points for the assist um, for the own goal. But rating-wise, there was nine ratings for Wolves, so I'm not going to name them all. Um, and then just the one for Liverpool, which was Cody Gakpo, who has struggled so far this season. He's not really had any attacking returns at all. Um, but he got the three points in this one. Ruben Neves, though, he's been pretty good this season. He's got five goals and five-star man awards so far. Um, but Liverpool really are struggling. I can't put my finger on what's going wrong there at the minute. Um, they've only scored two goals in their last five. And then Salah's gone five games without a goal now as well. So, yeah, if you've got Salah in your team, I'd definitely be moving him on potentially for a Kane, Rashford, or you should have Haaland already. But he's obviously a great option as well. But yeah, I wouldn't be going near any of these Liverpool players at the moment. Um, they do have a fair amount of fixtures. They've got five left. So they've got Everton, Newcastle, Real Madrid, which is if they turn up and play like they did like this, Real Madrid will batter them. Um, and then Crystal Palace away and Wolves at home again, which, yeah, Wolves will be looking forward to that fixture, I think, at the minute if things stay the same. But Wolves, they've got four games, Southampton, Bournemouth, Fulham and Liverpool. They've looked quite a lot better recently. But yeah, just Liverpool desperately need these players back from injury. So they've got Jota, Diaz, Firmino and Virgil van Dijk out. Um, I think Jota um, and Virgil should be back for that Real Madrid game, I think is the target. Um, but yeah, they should, still really should be getting more out of this squad than what they're getting at the minute. So disappointing from Liverpool and I wouldn't be going near any of their players at the minute either until things pick up. Then the last of our games we had Forest 1 Leeds 0 and the star man was Kaylor Navas. Uh, what a signing he is. Um, played for PSG and Real Madrid and now is at Nottingham Forest playing in the Prem. Um, star man for him and then the goal come from Johnson so seven for the season for him and he's been really good recently. Uh, no registered assist on Dream Team. Um, but ratings were for Bolly, McKenna, Mangala, Frella, and Johnson. Um, just some notes actually since this. So Leeds have sacked Jesse March. Um, and the new manager bounce potentially could fall with Man United. So that could mess things up if you have got the Man United defence. Moving on to my team update then. So this is my vlog team. I've got 32 points this week. I've got David Hayer in goal, got me none. Trippier got me the three points. I've got Shaw and Wan-Bissaka, which again was disappointing. Disappointing to lose the clean sheet points, but then doubly disappointing to not get that Luke Shaw assist. Um, still still really annoyed about that one. Uh, Ake, disappointing again. Ake was actually the player that I did bring in for Matoma with my last few transfers for January. So yeah, that one really didn't work out well. Cost myself 13 points there, but hopefully... Um, it's not been looking great for City, but hopefully Ake can beat him across the uh, rest of these February fixtures. Bruno Fernandes got me 13 points and looks like he could be on penalties now. Um, he faces Leeds this evening. Um, De Bruyne got me none. Mares got me none. Rashford got me the eight. Obviously off of penalties potentially now, but still in really good form. Harry Kane got me eight. And then Haaland with a rare blank as well. So a bit of a mixed 
bit of a mixed uh, weekend for me. Another concerning thing actually that I've seen while doing this uh, doing this episode. So Wambasaka isn't starting this game against Leeds tonight, and as I feared, he is left out of the squad as well. So Dallo starting and no Wambasaka on the bench. So. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a headache there. I don't know what the reason is. It might be injury. I doubt if he was just rested, I doubt they would have left him completely out of the squad. So there must be some sort of concern there. Um, so that wasn't a change that I was planning to make. But I did think that I would have to consider that Dolo would be coming back. Um, so looking at this team, how I might want to go forward. I'm happy to keep the Man United defenders, maybe other than Wambasaka, for this long run of fixtures. We'll wait and see what happens with Wambasaka. Kieran Trippier um, obviously hasn't got that many fixtures, but he does score regular points and he's a star man magnet as well. So I'm pretty happy keeping Trippier and I think I still will stick with Ake as well. Man City have got a lot of fixtures and I do think they'll turn it around. Um, the only thing is, if I do decide I want Reese James, who will move out? Trippier would be the obvious one because um, they're around the same price point but Trippier is really highly owned so if Trippier goes on to do well and I take the risk on Reese James um, that could backfire so I think I might wait it out obviously looking at the midfield and striking positions Rashford and Bruno happy to keep them hopefully they can get some returns against Leeds tonight um, those Man City though Mares, De Bruyne, Haaland I'm going to keep them in my team because the way Villa defended against Leicester uh, we could see a lot of goals for Man City and surely De Bruyne has got to start that next game. So I'm hoping that um, they go back to having a settled lineup and De Bruyne, Mares, Haaland should be in that. Back to Trippier as well. So Trippier plays Bournemouth in that next fixture. So I think it wouldn't really make sense to take him out ahead of that one. So really looking how this team's set up, I think I probably will stick with it for another week unless it turns out that Wan-Bissaka is injured, which I'm concerned about. I'm not too sure who I would do as a direct replacement. If Wan-Bissaka is injured, it could just be a straight swap to Delo, maybe. Um, but I'm just a bit worried about Delo's fitness. He came back, rushed back from that hamstring injury previously and then re-injured it. I'd be worried that they wouldn't play him twice a week for this busy run of fixtures. So I don't know who the other option would be at right back for Man United. So 32 points for the game week. Total points is now up to 1,430. My overall rank went down slightly. So I was 2.9k and it's gone down to 2.4. And I've got five transfers remaining. So I can still got plenty of transfers to make that one Bissaka change if I need to. And the team value is 63.7 and I've got 0.3 in the bank. So set up fairly nicely, I think. And my second best team is fairly similar. I did get 32 points again. And this team's on 1,396. I've got De Gea in goal again. But this team has Rico Lewis. So unlucky to not get the um, rating points there. He got 6.9. Trippier again. So three points. I've got Fabian Scher in this team. Um, so he got me no points. I might be looking to move him on for a Man United defender now. And then Ake again. No points. But... I'm happy to stick with those Man City defenders for now, even though they haven't been um, in great form at the back. Kevin De Bruyne, Mares, Bruno, the midfield's the same. And then Haaland, Kane, Rashford, the, mid the strikers are the same as well. Ideally, with these two teams, I'd like to keep them a little bit separate. But I don't think you can go with a forward line different to Haaland, Kane, Rashford at the minute. Salah's not really performing and there aren't any other standout performers. And De Bruyne, Mares, Bruno, they've all got a lot of fixtures in February, so I'm going to stick with those for now. 
This team, the rank was 5.3k. It's gone down slightly to 5.2. I've still got five transfers remaining. They've got a slightly bigger budget in this one. So 63.9 team value um, with 0.6 in the bank as well. So doing fairly well for team value in this one. Um, again, I'm probably going to let it go one more week. Maybe do that Fabian share to a Man United defender. Wait and see how this Leeds game goes tonight. Uh, but I'm in no rush really to make changes. I might aim to make more changes around those sort of European fixtures. That is everything for this episode. So thank you very much for watching. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Or if you listen on Spotify or another podcast platform, do please give us a follow on there as well. And I'm going to leave a little link here to uh, my top players to target for February. Obviously, things are changing gradually but there might still be some information in there for you to help you with your transfer decisions. So I'll leave a link to that at the end here as well. Thanks for watching and I'll see you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.